Hi, this is John Schaefer. You're listening to WNYC's free podcast of New Sounds. Streaming audio or MP3 download available when you want at WNYC.org and on iTunes. This music comes from the band Aluchatistas, formerly a quartet, now just a duo, and uh, featuring the electric guitarist Shane Parrish. Uh, Their musical stew includes all kinds of elements of math rock and jazz and uh, Chinese folk music, Near Eastern folk music, minimalism, lots of other stuff. And now, Shane Parrish can check another musical box off his list because he has released a solo record called Undertaker, Please Drive Slow. And as you look at the list of songs on it, they're familiar old American folk songs, but the arrangements are anything but familiar. Shane Parrish will join me in our studio to perform live on this edition of the New Sounds podcast. I'm John Schaefer, glad you joined us as well. Here's a little bit from the band Luchatistas to give you just a taste of what Shane Parrish's guitar can sound like. This is called Requiem for the Sea.
That is called Requiem for the Sea. It's from the band Aluchatistas from their 2012 record called Heads Full of Poison. You heard Shane Parrish on guitar, and fans of Aluchatistas have heard Shane playing many different genres, styles, all mashed up in this, in this long-running group. But... Today, here in our new sound studio, Shane Parrish is joining me with acoustic guitar in hand and mining a very kind of deep vein of folk music of a very different sort. Shane, good to see you. Good to see you. So uh, we've, we've heard you over the years, you know, kind of touching on everything from world music to minimalism to noise, you know. How long have you been listening to folk music? I mean, like this really old Anglo-American folk tradition. For for a few years now, um, so not very long. You know, I was a huge Bob Dylan fan when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and um, heard of him. Heard of Bob Dylan, yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, and and so I a couple years ago read his, you know, autobiography, and and in it he talks about I'm you know. Oh, you know, 120 different songs, right. and 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 so I I got really interested, and in, and in this was this whole world that I wanted to you know go deeper into. And well, now, where I mean, it, your band is is based in Asheville, right? That's right. Did you grow up in that part of the country? No, I actually grew up in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, I was yeah. going to say, how do you grow up in you know that right, in right. the Carolinas and not just be surrounded by this I know stuff? Yeah. You know, I had a daughter there recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple, she's two years old, and um, and she loves the bluegrass music. So I've started to go see it more, and and you know, and started to sing a lot of these folk songs to her. It's part of my education and and moving towards doing this project. You know, All right? Uh, yeah. So uh, the the project, the album, is called Undertaker. Please drive slow, which is kind of a great title for this record because. You have been drawn, uh, as I have too over the years, to the kind of the dark side yeah. <laughs> of the folk tradition. I mean, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of murder and death and stuff For like sure, that in yeah. these songs. Will the circle be unbroken? Is there? So it's not all darkness and gloom right. and gloom, but um, but that is that's, that's a bittersweet sadness, right? Yeah. That's that's. I mean, the title references someone longing for. To hold on to you know his mother, mm-hmm. who's being taken away to the to be buried. Yeah, but the piece you're going to play for us first. I mean, there's no getting around it. Dark was the night, cold was the ground. Right. The the blind Willie Johnson song mm-hmm. is, I mean, there there aren't even words to the original. He's just kind of moaning right. through this song. Yeah. Now you don't do any of any of the the words. I mean, you may sing them to your daughter at night, right. you know, at bedtime. But for for this. For this project, they're all instrumentals. It's all instrumentals. Only my uh, my my family and my students are subject to my uh, to my singing <laughs> for now. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, you have the guitar in like a kind of a crazy tuning here. Mm-hmm. What what is this? Uh, for this song, it's a uh, uh, dad fad. D- oh, okay. So yeah. not so crazy. Not so it? crazy. Yeah, D A D F A D. Yeah. But I mean, uh, so it's a D minor. D minor chord. Well, yeah. All of the songs on the album are in different tunings, you know, based on how many open strings can I right. can I hit? Can I make the instrument resonate? Because open strings just resonate more. They, it's, yeah, they resonate. The yeah. guitar sings it's for sing, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get these nice drone notes, and, yeah. and some yeah. some of the tunings are strange. So you get also kind of these nice wrong notes, and then yeah. that creates some tension and interest, and also and then also it creates a sort of alien character 
uh, like the in the instrument um, becomes something I don't know as well, and I feel like I improvise more, you know, with more feeling and, mm. and more more easily because I don't know exactly where everything is and you know have a right. conceptual framework for you know eventually yeah. you get good at them but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's time to move on to another tune right yeah. <laughs> yeah all right we're speaking with Shane Parrish he's uh, my guest here in the new sound studio the uh, the solo cd is called undertaker please drive slow and this is uh, his version of dark was the night cold was the ground <laughs>
That is Shane Parrish and his guitar live here in the New Sound Studio. And by the end there, the guitar is just kind of creaking and squeaking and you're rubbing the nail on the winding of the string and all that kind of stuff. Um, that That's a version of the Blind Willie Johnson, uh, Dark Was the Night, Cold Was the Ground. And Shane, I had this experience listening to the record, which is full of familiar songs like Oh Death and John Hardy and, you know, lots mm-hmm. of other songs that... I know, and I'd be listening to it and go, now, what song is this again? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so uh, these are, I mean, if I say they're deconstructions, that makes it sound like it's all kind of very avant-garde and angular and dissonant. It's not that. But right. they're, you're doing something different with these tunes. Yeah. I'm not being honest with myself. If I play a lot of really angular-sounding music, I tend to gravitate towards more romantic melody and uh, someone called me a melodist recently, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do that." You know, I, I just that's why I tend to to you know enjoy listening to and, and playing. Um, but at the same time, I also really enjoy free improvisation and working with sound and and textures. And I think my background is so varied that it took me a really long time, you know, twenty five years of playing guitar um, now to arrive where I can kind of play these songs in this way and it feels natural. And so I kind of really, I really try to get into a zone where I'm, I can feel the music and allow it to happen, to not get in the way of the music happening. Mm. So how different is Dark Was the Night each time you play it? I mean, it it varies. There's certain things that happened on the record, you know, that I, were like little mistakes, you know, that mm. I like kept. There's this thing where it's like, uh, you know, he does a slide guitar thing where he's like, right. and it's in the song, and it's this little thing in between moaning, you know, and I picked it out and transcribed it, but then when I played it on the record, I played it like, you know, a half step off, and yeah. and it was totally wrong, but then I thought that sounded really cool, and so yeah. then I just do it every time and, <laughs> and play with that a little more, you know, and I mean, it's just a little sidestep out of, you know, out of the key, but the song kind of straddles keys anyway, but... This I feel like the album I made is is a it's a key to like a, like a, to a door that I just step through mm-hmm. and I look around and there's this vast world that I can go in all these different directions and I um I'm just kind of scratching the surface I'm hitting my limit in every one of the directions and and the arrangements are kind of evolving and it's very exciting actually because I, I see the future of it you know in the next year year or two and um, where it's gonna go. In terms of your arrangements of these songs or your your music in general? Well, both. But I think that keeping a consistent repertoire for a really long time is really valuable. When I revisit these specific songs, I, I, I think that there's so much more to... And, they're, and they're, they're timeless for a reason. And there's so much more that I think is going to come out of playing them. And, mm. and so just like deepening... I'll do other things, but I, <laughs> I, but I really enjoy playing them and I... And I within this repertoire I feel really and I think well I th- I think in classical music it's the same thing you know you, you play a piece your whole life you know John Williams is still I watched this documentary recently of him you know he's in his 70s John Williams the guitarist a classical guitarist yeah, yeah. you know and, he's, and it was, I was really refreshing to watch him still practicing Recuerdos de la Humbra by Torrega which is like he's been playing it for 50 years yeah. you know and, and he's still like warming up on it and like just like you know, like polishing the phrases. And well, you know, if you if you listen to Glenn Gould's performances of the Bach... Goldberg variation? Uh, yeah, the Goldbergs. The two recordings that are separated by like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. 
you're hearing a very different performer. Yes. You know, yeah. and and that that is one of the great things about the classical repertoire is you can sort of grow into a piece, mm-hmm. and grow with it. And these songs have been around long enough. I guess you you can do that with them too. Yeah. So the album is called Undertaker. Please drive slow. Where is that? Is that a line from one of these songs? Yes, it's a line from uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And and it's all. Like home recordings, basically, right? You, you made the album at home. Well, no. What happened was I, I, re- I recorded um, a, sort of a precursor to the album, which became nominally a demo uh, <laughs> f- um, at home. And I sat down and I just kind of, you know, riffed off of these tunes in there. And and I went to sleep. And then I woke up the next day and listened to it. And it really felt as if someone else had played it. And mm. uh, and I listened to it a lot. I listened to it maybe like you know. 20 times because it was just fascinating to me. And I don't really do that with improvised recordings. I tend to listen to them once and kind of make some mental notes and I'm, I'm done. You know, I don't yeah, listen to yeah. them ever again. Really and that, so th- that turned into like a, a demo. Right. Um, but the record itself has a kind of a handmade quality to right. it. I mean, in yeah. the background of Oh Death, you hear, uh, I guess they're crickets. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so, so then um, I sent it to John Zorn, who was really excited to encourage me to go into a more hi-fi recording situation and to take my time and do whatever I want with this material. You know, he really liked the flow and the feel of it. And I made the home recording three days later, you know, John Zorn wants to put something out. So, and then I spent six months working on it diligently and then recorded it in a cabin in the woods in Marshall, North Carolina. Actually, the drummer for Aluchatistas, Ryan Oslance, it's his cabin out in, yeah. and on a mountaintop in uh, Marshall, which is, and it was just, it's dead quiet out there. And uh, we brought well, not so quiet apparently. <laughs> not at night, right? So you got the yeah, the bugs started getting louder at night. I think that has a real interesting quality to it. Yeah. Um, we even had microphones set close by the window just so we can decide how much of the outside natural yeah. world we wanted to include in it. Thank you. 
That is Shane Parrish and his version of O Death, as it appears on the record, called Undertaker, Please Drive Slow, his series of these kind of sonic meditations on old folk songs and getting a little bit of an assist from a night chorus of insects recorded just outside the window of the the room where he was making the record. Uh, We'll talk more with Shane and hear some more live music here in the studio in just a moment. I'm John Schaefer, and you're listening to the New Sounds Podcast. That's a bit of Danville Gal from my guest Shane Parrish on this edition of the New Sounds podcast. We're hearing some music from his new record on John Zorn's Sodic label called Undertaker, Please Drive Slow. And uh, Shane's here in the New Sounds studio playing some songs from it for us. Um, the next one is The Maid Freed from the Gallows, right? which is an American folk song, but before that it was an English folk song, mm-hmm. and it's got... Literally dozens of titles. Right. People will know it as Gallows Pole or mm-hmm. Hangman. Mm-hmm. Although you have another song called Hangman on the record. Right. So, yeah, I actually have this song appears twice on the record, but it's totally different. Um, but I, so the version of I played Hangman on the record, which is the Gene Ritchie version, was my source material. Hangman, Hangman, slack up your rope, oh, slack it for a while. I look down yonder and I seen Paul coming. He's walked for a many long mile. Oh, Paul, say, Paul, have you brought me any gold? Any gold to pay my fee? Or have you walked these many long miles? See me on the hanging tree. No, son, no, son, ain't brought you no gold. No gold for to pay your fee. But I just walked these many long miles. See you on the hanging tree. And it's this very kind of up-tempo, bright, happy E major number, you know. And then the John Jacob Niles version, which is uh, the Maid Freed from the Gallows, which is this kind of stirring minor feel. Hangman, hangman, slack your line, slack it just a while, for I think I see my papa coming Traveling many a mile, traveling many a mile. Papa, Papa, has you brought gold for to pay this hangman's fee? Or did you come to see me swinging high from this hangman's tree? High from this hangman's tree. And I did both of them. Um, because they felt like two different songs. Totally different songs. They're yeah. completely different songs. But yeah. the lyrics are the same if you listen to them. Except in Gene Ritchie's version, her protagonist is, is, is male and his protagonist is female. 
And since, you know, since I've done this, people turn me on to more and more versions. And, of course, like Lead Belly's version and, you know. Led, it, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin's version. The Kingston Trio. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk about major key versions. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm guessing we're back in a minor key for this one, for your performance. That's right. Yeah. All right. What's what's the tuning here? Well, what, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, the song kind of goes back and forth between B minor and A major, right? So the song's in B minor, um, so it's like an A7 chord, ah. B minor going to the A7, yeah, yeah. and the melody floats over both, you know, and it resolves into both chords, and I wanted to just have them, like, simultaneously playing, so I, so I droned the... The, both the the A and the B in the bass. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear it. Shane Parrish is my guest here in the New Sound studio, and this is his version of The Maid Freed from the Gallows. Thank you. 
Wow, that is Shane Parrish, live here in the New Sound studio with uh, a version of The Maid Freed from the Gallows, traditional folk song that goes by many names, Gallows Pole, Gallow Tree, Hangman, many, many others. Um, People, Shane, uh, who know you from Aluchatistas, think of you as a virtuoso guitarist. There's a different kind of virtuosity in this music, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, we we heard a little of everything there, playing up on the fretboard, playing down by the bridge, playing above the nut of the, you know, all kinds of extended techniques, I guess, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. First of all, (laughs) um, uh, yeah, I guess I wouldn't consider myself a virtuoso, but thank you. Um, And um, yeah, I think in the last 10 years, I've become really interested in classical guitar you know because I, so I took a gig 10 years ago and I was like I could do this gig playing like Giuliani uh, you know like <laughs> guitar and flute duets and uh, and I, I was like oh man I really I have a lot of work to do this summer you know and I really pulled it together sort of and then I just got deeper and deeper into different pedagogy and different methods um, studying them and taking what's valuable from them and it's become kind of it's a morning meditation for me to to get really into the sound of the instrument, tone production, you know, what does it sound like? You mentioned before, uh, you know, the, the idea that John Williams, the great classical guitarist, would right. play Recuerdos de la Alhambra yeah. every morning. And a lot of your arrangement of that song, mm-hmm. uh, The Maid Freed from the Gallows, yeah. seemed like it was kind of Frankensteining <laughs> Recuerdos de la Alhambra, that tremolo technique, right, right. onto this old folk song. Yeah. That's a thing that happened on, on tour like a week ago. I hadn't because it's not, I don't do that ending on the record. I'm a real fan of this sort of incessant repetition as a way to sort of induce like a trance state or mm-hmm. a, you know meditation state. And 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 so if I start something like rhythmically, I'll sometimes live do it for 15 minutes, even if it's a, I'll do the same note over and over again. For the, I think it has a it has a real effect on a listener and on on me as a as a player and so this tremolo ending to that song really just kind of happened on a gig a week ago and i've done it every gig since then because i like the possibilities of it and like that's definitely what's happening at the end there frank i'm frankensteining some some (laughs) some tarega onto uh um, for, for folks who don't know the piece, let, let me just play a little clip of uh, Francisco Tarrega's Recuerdos de la Alhambra, and, and you can see what, what we're talking about. The, this, it's basically an exercise in tremolo technique, mm-hmm. um, which we just heard in, in your performance here in the studio. Okay, so that's just a little bit of uh, what Shane Parrish and I have been talking about this piece, Recuerdos de la Alhambra, you know, the, the, the kind of the motion, the perpetual motion of the fingers on yeah. the string to produce that tremolo technique. 
So that's not on the record, but it's now part of how you perform the maid freed from the gallows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The record is called Undertaker, Please Drive Slow. And uh, it is full of great old, um, to, to use Grill Marcus's term, weird old Americana. You know, I mean, a lot of these songs have very bizarre, spooky, eerie kind of qualities to them. Right. Perhaps none more so than The Last Kind Words, mm-hmm. which is by the mysterious Geishi Wiley. Right. I, I think there there are like three known copies of this record. It's like one of the wow. rarest, you know, <laughs> you know to, to actually own a copy of the original pressing of this. I, yeah, it's like right. there's three of them, wow. I think. Uh, how did you find this song? In the early 90s, there was a documentary about Robert Crumb that, that uh, you know, I watched and several times. And that song just hit me like a ton of bricks. The last kind word I hear my dad say The last kind word I hear my daddy say so the, the scene movie. where he actually is, he pulls a record out of the, yeah. out of the shelves and then That's the you hear that. Do you think he has the original record? No. And, and when he was <laughs> here, I said to him, you have one of the three copies. He said, no, no, I don't have one. I wish, That's I funny. wish. Uh, it was a little bit of a sleight of hand on the filmmaker's part right, there. Right. But yeah, R. Crumb yeah. is a huge fan of this song. Yeah, yeah. I actually had a different arrangement of this song that I've played for years that was much more conventional. And, and I was trying to wanted it to go on the record and I just never felt that I that arrangement which was made way more Americana kind of sort of obvious like finger style piece mm-hmm. and it was still nice mm-hmm. and I played it a lot on gigs and you know performed it but and then I just but I didn't feel like it fit the record it was just a little bright sounding in a way and so I really this song is perhaps well one of the most abstracted in a way where I took the vocal melody and really made it into like a you know prepared guitar percussion piece in a way mm. you know very very John Cage influenced I think in this in this one. But you're you're not actually putting things on the strings to dampen or deaden them. Oh, right? I am. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a oh. I use a paper clip for this one. Okay, and I wound it through the strings, and then there's like the slide guitar ending. Are, are you about to do that here? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait. All right. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's hear it. Okay. Um, Shane Parrish is my guest here in the New Sound Studio. Uh, The album's called Undertaker, Please Drive Slow. This song is on it, but here's a live performance of Gishi Wiley's The Last Kind Words.
That is Shane Parrish, live here in our new sound studio, and uh, The Last Kind Words, an old blues from Geishi Wiley, and uh, played here on, uh, I guess we'll call that a prepared guitar, yep. you know, the paper yep. clip strung right by the bridge under the strings there, um, and then the slide, and then kind of dissolving into this enigmatic ending, which it's a very enigmatic song to begin with, so Yeah, it really kind of, it, it doesn't... It doesn't have the sound of Geishi Wiley's original, but it certainly has that feel. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like what are we what are we actually talking about here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the the work I did transcribing this music um, from from the vocal performances. You know, all the songs were based on bo- vocal performances. Kind of really, I really tried to nail the vocal performances. Yeah. Really get all you know because bo- when people sing, they don't they cross the bar line. You know, it's all in the cracks and. And there's a lot of little em- embellishments and ornaments that, and some of the tunes are really straightforward, and some of them were extremely difficult to try and capture that. Now, when I perform them, I don't try to recreate that exactly as it is, but I felt like this, you know, I st- researched the music and then I mm-hmm. s- studied mm-hmm. it and tried to get as close as I could to how a, vo- a voice would sound playing it on the guitar, and then I arranged these ar- arrangements that involved, you know, various. You know what that sounds like? Hmm. That sounds like someone who is studying Indian classical music. You know, if you're playing the sitar or the flute or the sarod, you're not studying other sitarists and flutists and sarodists. You're studying vocalists. Okay. And, and you're going, that's what, that's, that's the, the aim, mm-hmm. is to make your instrument sing like yeah. a voice. Yeah, so I think that'll definitely <laughs> yeah. inform what I'm, what I'm doing uh, for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Certainly, yeah. Well, it's a great project. Um, it sounds like you know, the occasion of becoming a dad was sort of a kick in the pants to get you going down this road, it seems. For sure. Well, and that's that's a lifelong journey, too. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shane, congratulations. It's been a real pleasure having you with us here today. Thank you so much. And thanks to our engineer as well, Irene Trudell. You're listening to the New Sounds Podcast. <laughs> listening to the special podcast of show number 3928. Through no fault of their own, not all of our shows become podcasts, but you can keep up with all of them at newsounds.org. You can also follow the New Sounds Empire on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or follow us on the Symbol app, where we are WNYC underscore New Sounds. The music in the background is from guitarist Tim Sparks, who, like Shane Parrish, has made recordings for John Zorn and his Sodic record label. This album, called Chasing the Boogie, was self-released back in 2014, and it's a collection of arrangements of some of these old Appalachian folk songs. This is I'll Fly Away.
I'll Fly Away, a familiar folk song and an arrangement by guitarist Tim Sparks from his album Chasing the Boogie. And that'll wrap things up for this edition of the program. Hope you've enjoyed it. I'm John Schaefer. Thanks for listening to the New Sounds Podcast.